up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Vincent. I'm your host. I'm assuming that it is Monday in June. I don't know. Uh, the 28th, Monday, June 28th. And it's a, it's a, you know what kind of Monday it is, guys? It's a manic. manic? Yeah, me and Breach got it. Manic Monday. Jinx. How are we this far into this stupid podcast? And Breach we said, wanted to make a Bengals joke, dummy. Uh, Manic Monday. Yes, I, I get it. It's a Bengals joke, actually. That's what I said, yeah. Not a Bengals, a Bengals. I like them both. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Walk like, like an like Egyptian. Breach. Yeah, that's right. Uh, by the way, Brian Wilson, John Breach. Um, speaking of, it's a Mailbag Monday. That's what kind of day it is. Oh, so mailbag! Thank you. That's what you were supposed to say, not Manic Monday. But uh, the first Mailbag question comes from uh, Paul C. In, by the way, first um, off, happy birthday to me and to you. Oh, yeah. Happy belated. Uh, yeah. Had a, had a birthday podcast go up, actually, on Saturday. Poor Sully, Tyler Sullivan, was on. We were ranking. He had to rank offensive linemen and safety. So we did one of those yeah, for Monday. And, or, or Saturday. Brent is and, taking birthday shots. No, so he had to, like, sit through, like, a three-minute thing where I wish myself happy birthday. After Just three minutes. No? 40th, you know, I, I, I'm surprised you didn't go 40 minutes. 40 doesn't feel any different right now, guys. I got to tell you. Um, that's good. I'm not actually 40. Wait till you're Wilson's age. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, uh, you know who, do you know who, uh, the number two ranked safety for Tyler Sullivan was? Troy Palomalu. Nope. Tyron Jesse Bay. Oh. <laughs> In fact, Sully had a difficult time saying Tyron Matthew. He almost mispronounced <laughs> it. That's what's happened to me too. It's like, I've started to almost mispronounce it because I hear Tyron he's been brainwashed. So much. I know. Yeah, say honey badger. Who was number one? Uh, Justin Simmons. Where was Minka? Number three. Oh, All right. Before we, so Prisco didn't on, have any say on this list. Ask Ask Breach the uh, Rick Astley question before we. Oh go. yeah, that'll be that'll be the first. What a Rick roll is. Yeah, I know what a Rick roll is. How would I not know what a Rick roll is? Are you going to roll me? Go to Rick roll. Rick roll was. I don't know how. It's like the first thing that ever happened on the internet. Ryan, you, have you, you been alive at any point over the past fifteen years? As I told uh, Brinson and Debo before you came on. I only watch Rick Astley videos, so you can't Rick roll a Rick roll. Never gonna give you up. <laughs> never gonna let you down. We got Rick Astley. I just Rick rolled you right now. <laughs> grew I'm out sort of, from a similar bait and switch trick called duck rolling that was popular on the 4chan website in 2006, uh, 2007, and then 2008 uh, when YouTube used it on its 2008 April Fool's Day event. So that's really when it sort of jumped the shark. But it became- Okay, well, let me say that I can understand why duck rolling didn't catch on, but Rick rolling, that is, that's taking the internet to a new stratosphere. That's when I knew the internet was going to succeed was when Rick rolling caught on. Before right, that, I was a little iffy. Yeah, hey, you weren't really sure if the internet was going to work, right? I, I was pretty sure when I was making my living on the internet. <laughs> uh, by the way, my so the reason we brought this up is that my son, Robbie, came um walked into the house on thursday and was like he runs up to me and goes never gonna give you up and i was like what are you doing he's like you just got rickrolled i was like that's not a, what are you talking about that's <sighs> and he and my wife both apparently think that a rickroll is when you run up to someone and, and yell rick astley lyrics in their face it's there not- you go see ak is uh 
also. So I'm searching. That, that's an RLR squared. That's a real life Rickroll. <laughs> I just put Rickroll into the Google, and here's what comes up. What the heck is Rickroll? <laughs> that's what ha- what happens if you what happens if you get Rickrolled, which is also pretty funny. And how do you Rickroll yourself? Those are three things I'm going to answer after we get off this podcast. I feel like the the maybe the ultimate. All right, this is going too far. Besides the YouTube thing, was when I believe the Mets. I think it was the Mets. Rick rolled an entire stadium right before a baseball game. I don't know how you do that. Have you ever been to a, a sports event before? Yeah. Have you, you ever noticed how they have that giant TV where they do the replays and stuff? The jumbotron, if you will. If you oh will. yes. No, my, my point is that the baseball team's still coming out to play the baseball game. I mean, you can Rick roll someone. No, no, no. They were like, and now a message from Mike. Uh, and he's gotcha. like, hey, everybody, it's Mike Piazza. And it was like, never going to give you. Up. Okay. That's good. Gotcha. Can you imagine starting your week with this? That's I would have walked out of the stadium if that happened to me at a Mets game. I'm not letting a baseball team Rick roll me. Are you kidding me? Might have been the highlight of the Mets game. Oh! You can't, oh! <laughs> First ever Mets dunk on the Pick 6 podcast. <laughs> that's the problem with the mailbag. Now, it's good for Monday because we do it before the weekend, but it, we have a very, we're heading into the weekend vibe on the mailbag. Now, well, I are- also say that three minutes in this podcast, Princeton goes, let's get to question one. And then we got sidetracked. So we got sidetracked bef- after getting to the question without actually getting to the question. That's so would you say that we got Rickrolled? Kind of. Uh, and actually, that first question was a fake one. I don't, what was I going to ask? What was I going to ask about? I don't know. Usually it's, usually it's Eric from Philadelphia has a question. <laughs> yeah, it was Paul C. for Paul Casey, who was on the uh, Travelers Championship all Thursday. There's the golf check. Got the golf chat done. Okay, moving along. Let's actually get to the, the, uh, the questions because we got a lot of them. Uh, this is from Elias the Bozo via Apple Podcast. If you want to, if, if you want to ask a question about uh, life, uh, liberty, or, or the pursuit of happiness, right? Maybe you have a question. American history breach is great about American history. Uh, maybe you have a question about. Oh, it's just so I was the captain of the history ball team in eighth grade that won the state title. I'm tired of telling you this. I'm, that's you never told us that, but that's the least surprising. I will. Brian, when you were in eighth grade, the textbooks weren't accurate. That, what was that? 1840? Half of American history hadn't even happened. All right. We'll see. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll, mean, we'll see. Anyway, if you have a question about American history you want to ask Wilson about, if you have a question about kickers or diapers that you want to ask Breach about, if you have or state capitals, I'm a state capital expert. What is the state capital of Kentucky? <laughs> he doesn't know. Look at that. He has hey, no I do know. It's. <laughs> Is it Harrisburg? It's oh my Louisville. God! It's Frankfurt, you moron! Frankfurt. That's what, Harrisburg is Pennsylvania. I got this Frankfurt and Harrisburg. Ge- this guy's a genius. <laughs> Harrisburg is Pennsylvania. I guess I, Kentucky and Pennsylvania are both commonwealths, so they're in the same part of my brain. Oh my God! No, 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 no! You can't say I'm a state capital expert. Then mix up Kentucky and Pennsylvania and be like, oh, sorry. They're very- I live in a state connected to Kentucky. That's the embarrassing part. That is the embarrassing part. Yes. All right, let's go, please. People are. I mean, they're riding don't the train. ask about state capitals anymore. Right. What is the state capital of North Carolina? Raleigh. You live there. Yeah, that's an easy one. Yes. What is the state capital of Maine? Uh, that's a, that's, that's a uh, uh, what does it start with? A. Oh, Augusta. Yeah. Uh, the state capital of. I can't believe this is happening. Missouri. He doesn't know anything. Jefferson City. Oh, that is actually right. Oh, that's a good one. What is the state capital of New Hampshire? Concord. Oh, right. Okay. This is boom. 
had to warm up a little bit there, but I There's got it now. A chance that Breach has a, a, a Wikipedia page with State Capitals up on his uh, up on his. I computer. answer those quickly. Let's see yeah. your computer. Let's see your computer. Don't touch anything. Sure looks like a Wikipedia page for State. Ca oh, Breach, you left Pornhub open. <laughs> He's writing a story. Uh, if you want to see, that is actually the rundown there. If anybody wants to see what a rundown looks like. Uh, if you want to, if you speak of, if you want to see things, if you want to see what just happened on this podcast for the last two minutes, you can watch us on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six. And if you're already watching on YouTube, bang that like button. Cause it helps us out. Feel free to uh, tell us which one, of, what's your favorite state capital is in the comments. Anywho from Elias, the Bozo, Danny dimes or Danny broke great Ooh. podcast. It should be Danny dimes or Danny dime bag. Maybe. Uh, great podcast. I listen to it every day. I was maybe not. I was wondering what your opinion is on the Giants. If you think Daniel Jones will be good, also tell Debo the Eagles are going to go 0 and 17 next season. Oh, oh. I love a good mailbag dunk. <laughs> um, uh, I'll ask because I know you don't have it in front of you. What are the division odds, William Hill? <laughs> I don't have them in front of me, but are I the Eagles. Do you feel like the Eagles are last? The Eagles are the biggest long shot. There, that's true. We're not just being true. No, right? yeah, no, it's um, yeah. Because I feel like um, the Cowboys and I think the Giants are right in there. I, I think there's a chance that the Giants could be. Ugh, it's gonna be close. So be the close. Cowboys are plus one at five at William Hill. Oh, he's got it up on the up on the uh, the old YouTube page as well. Washington plus two seventy five. We told you to bet them at plus 500, 5 to one or four to one or something like that. Or plus four fifty. The Giants plus four fifty and the Eagles are five to one um uh, we had cody benjamin on last week and he and debo were naturally staining my ear about the eagles when i were staining somebody's ear about the eagles i showed up like five minutes late to let them stay here and uh they seemed they seemed to think that the eagles might have a chance at winning the division i would i would disagree i think the giants if i was making a a wager on william hill right now and with these current odds i would probably bet the giants giants are the best value I agree. Are they better than football team though? I, I you're, you're getting twice. Team, yeah, better value. I mean, well, in that, if you're using that math, just going solely what the numbers are, you would debate the Eagles. My point is that don't don't you play football team is more likely to win that division than New York. Yeah. Yes, but um, but I, I think a good way to look at it is if you think Washington is five percent better than the Giants, you're getting way five percent, way higher than five percent better number betting the Giants over Washington. Yeah, I don't. I think they're like fifteen to twenty percent better. Okay. That's fine. I mean, look again. I I bet Washington. I think, but I bet them when they were four to one. So, and we told people on the podcast to do it. I I think that I would bet the Giants here. And while I am cautiously optimistic about Danny, Daniel Jones. All right, let me ask you why. You could bet against the Cowboys and just bet the other three teams. You're guaranteed a profit if you bet, say, fifty bucks on all three teams. If the Cowboys don't win the division. Hmm. Not crazy. Okay. So you why are you? You're, Philadelphia is not going to surge up to minus one ten or something like that. These odds are going to shift around throughout the course of the season and probably stay fairly, fairly tight knit depending on how things go. So with Daniel Jones, I, I thought Dave Gettleman did basically exactly what I said he was going to do this off season, and that's not me humble bragging. It's just Dave 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 Gettleman's very predictable, right? He got help in terms of. Um, 
he didn't really improve the offensive line, but he did enough. You know, Andrew Thomas should get better in the second year. He went out and got a bunch of weapons for for Daniel Jones, Kenny Galladay, John Ross. And people knock him, but he's he's fast. Maybe he'll have a breakout through a second little secondary hype. Drafted Canaries Tony. The defense was pretty good under Patrick Graham, who they were able to keep around last year. They added Aziz Ojalari in the second round. And Saquon's coming back. Able to lock in Leonard Williams. I look at that defense and think they signed a Dory Jackson in free agency. Kyle Rudolph on yeah. offense deal. Yeah, signed Mike Glennon. Um, hey, good mentor. Uh, I, I I think the defense can be above average, maybe top ten in the NFL if if a couple of things break their way and they've got a fairly reasonable schedule. You know, Washington shouldn't be a powerhouse and on offense, and and I don't think Philadelphia. But wait should. a second, Washington's defense, as we say here, is better than New York's defense, and New York's defense was good sure. last year. Sure. I think Washington's offense is probably better than New York's offense. No, no, no. I think Washington's better than the Giants. Oh, okay. You just said they're not a powerhouse, so I thought you were saying. I, that well, I just don't. I don't think the offense is going to be this mo- like scoring monster. You know, right. It's not right. the Packers were there in Rodgers, for example. Right. Uh, or even you know the Cowboys' offense. Yeah. I just if it all boils down to can I mean do we trust Jason Garrett to develop Daniel Jones for all the crap we give Jason Jason Garrett. He did do a good job helping Dak Prescott become an upper echelon quarterback. You know, he, he I do wonder if the sort of conservatism that we always make fun of Jason Garrett is actually good for Daniel Jones, who turns the ball over a million times. A year. Well, and that's the whole thing is that's, that's all it comes down to. Danny Dimes has to not be Freddie Fumbles because that's Ooh. all we see. 2019, he led the NFL with 19 fumbles, and he, he led- did that. Even though he only played in 12 games that year, he led the entire NFL in fumbles, even though he only played in 12 games last year, he tied for the NFL leading fumbles with 11. And, and so that's it. And maybe that's part of the reason why the Giants are being conservative is because they don't want Daniel Jones to turn the ball over. I like Daniel Jones. And I think if he can get these fumbles out of his system, he can be a really good quarterback, but you can't have your quarterback fumbling all the time. So at he some has, point you have to cut bait. If he keeps fumbling. He has 41 turnovers in his first two years. That's insane. That I'm is great. outrageous. It's Jameis Winston level. Are we sure that's not worse than Jameis Winston? I mean, it probably is. So James had in his first two seasons, 15 picks, 18 picks. <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> that is uh, 33 interceptions. And he also had 16 fumbles. So 40, what did we say? Daniel Jones had 41. James had 49. My God. But James played more games as breach. That's true. That's true. He played 32 games. So if we do the math, 49 divided by 32, 1.53 turnovers per game for James Winston's first two years. That is ridiculous. And what we say, Danny Dimes had uh, 16. Technically, his rookie year because he came in midway through the game for Eli Manning against Tampa. Remember, led that comeback? Danny Dimes is 1.57. Ooh, oh, he beat Jameis. Oh. All right, so that's not great. Oh, my God, that's not great at all. And the thing is, with Jameis and a lot of guys like this, you can't the, – the, sometimes you don't see players just turn the corner on turnovers, right? I mean, I don't think – I mean, I'm trying to think of somebody in history that that just was a notable turnover machine that just magically flipped a switch and stopped turning the ball over at a, at a high rate. I mean, it's not like Daniel Jones is attempting that many passes either. I mean, 459, 448. <sighs> Oof. Ugh, 6.6 yards per attempt. He's still only 24 years old. I, I am I am cautiously 
optimistic because of his pedigree, but those turnovers, it's, it's all on the turnovers. Mm-hmm. If he can have less than 15 turnovers next year, then I, I think we'll be talking about um, picking up the fifth-year option, and then we'll start having the – okay, let's see how he does the fourth year, and then we'll talk contract extension. And that's weird, too, because if he has another season where he's fumbling it 19 times, and you're the Giants, and you have to think about picking up his fifth-year option, but say he also throws 28 touchdown passes, you know, all his other numbers are good, you're in a dicey situation because you can't fix the turnovers, but other than that, he looks good. So it's 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 interesting. And his fifth-year option, so Sam, I'm just trying to think, Sam Darnold was Sam Darnold's second overall, so it's obviously gonna be more. Uh, but his was eighteen point nine million dollars. Quentin Nelson's was like fourteen million out of the six spot. So, well, it's based on your position now and whether or not you make like a Pro Bowl or like it's all that. So, I think Josh well, Allen. Well, what was Josh Allen's fifth year option? That that's what he would be uh josh allen made one pro bowl and his was 23 million dollars so that if daniel jones can get to a pro bowl this year that's well, sam Darnold went. um this i'm looking at projections here on over the cap by the way uh based on those numbers sam Darnold's was eight and eight 19 million with no pro bowl josh allen's 23 million with one pro bowl uh mike mcglinchy 10th or ninth overall was 11, 11 million. So, so, so if Daniel Jones isn't great this year, you can get him for under 20 million on that fifth yeah. year option. I, I would almost, if the, if the giants finish around 500, I don't think Dave Gettleman gets fired. That fifth year option is almost probably entirely based on whether Dave Gettleman gets fired or not. But yeah, I mean, yes. Daniel, why, why keep investing? This is make or break for Dan. Why keep investing in Daniel Jones? If after this year, he's still not, progress to the point where you feel like he's a franchise quarterback. That's what I'm saying. Dave Gettleman will chase bad, good money with bad or bad money with good, whatever. Yeah. Bad money. with He'll chase bad money with good money. He's not scared to do that. What place do you guys think the giants finish in next season? I mean, all right. So they're doing 17 games so they can win. I think they can win 10 games. So if they win 10 games, Daniel Jones might make a pro bowl. Brent, so you said second. Is that two? Yeah. I think I'm leaning towards Washington one, New York two, Dallas three, Ooh, I think Dallas has a chance to. I think, well, it's not buying into Dallas again this year. It's not doing it. Not going to do it. Breach might. I'm not. Uh, yeah, the, the defense is know. an issue. The defense. breach spot expiration date hit last week. What's a big, what's a bigger issue for you? Because the issues for me in random order are the defense, which they've tried to address in Mike McCarthy. Oh, I mean, the defense is the biggest issue. I think of Mike McCarthy. Yeah. They were putting up historic numbers in the first four or five weeks in offense, but it was only because the defense was so bad they were chasing points. Right. I think Mike McCarthy, who you know promised to change and didn't change, is going to be the exact same guy we thought he was. In right. fact, I Mike, would imagine... Mike, Mike, I visited PFF once, McCarthy. I, I'm guessing Jerry Jones will be asked about Mike McCarthy's job status by the middle of October. By week four. Oh, well, there you go. September. <laughs> Late September, early October. Uh, giant schedule. How, over under three and a half starts for Mike Glennon. How about that? Under. Under. I think that, you know, Danny's healthy. He's playing. Okay. I, he's playing three and a half times. Good Lord. Something's gone wrong. Oh, boy, Daniel Jones. Oh, boy. Have you seen the schedule? schedule? Well, the, the thing is, the other teams in that conference play, a division play a similar schedule. What is it? Well, they open up with the Broncos at home. That's that's a tough defense. Yeah. At Washington. Playing, 
playing Drew Locker, Freddie, or uh, Freddie, Teddy Bridgewater. Freddie Bridgewater would be awesome. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that like the Broncos can turn you over. Yeah. That's not a great defense to open the season with if you're trying to curb your turnovers. At Washington, also not great. Yeah. Week three, they get the Falcons at home. That's, you know, then they're at the Saints. Saints have a good defense. At the Cowboys, Cowboys are trash. Rams in week six, Panthers week seven, at the Chiefs in week eight. Well, I mean, there are four games there you could win, maybe. Four and four like. through eight, through eight games would be a good spot for them. And probably, Here's the thing. Just just win your division games and lose the rest. No one cares. Exactly. Yeah. You go If you go five and one in that division and two and nine on the other 11 games, you might win the division. Fair enough. Uh, so I'm cautiously optimistic on Daniel Jones. You guys are sound the same? Yeah, I want to see. Uh, he needs to get better. And we'll, we'll see. You know, that the thing, the not the worst thing, but when he came out in the Tampa Bay start, everyone's like, oh, in your face, told you. And then he that was that was a highlight of his career so far. I think the sort of a poor man's Josh Allen leap. Like you're not expecting that kind of leap, but nobody thought Josh Allen was gonna be wild, like crazy accurate in his third year out of nowhere. Yeah, but they sort of set him up to succeed in Buffalo. Have they done that in New York? I, I, uh, they're trying to. Kenny Galladay. They're trying. You know, Brenton mentioned it. That they gave him all these weapons. About, I'm thinking more about the coaching staff around, like Brian Dable versus. Jason Garrett, maybe Jason Garrett, conservative play caller is good for Daniel Jones. I don't know. We'll see. Saquon's coming back. That's obviously great. You mentioned the the other players offensively. That's great. Cautiously optimistic. I think that's yeah, that's right. That's a fair spot. That's where you want to be with Daniel Jones. You don't want nine to be- and a half wins over under. Nine and a half. Yeah. Nine. Um, I'm taking the under on nine and a half all day. I feel like they they may have a they have a chance to get. Get well, I mean, the reason I'm doing that is because of William Hill, they're over under is seven. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm bullish. Yeah, you're getting, yes, I will take the two and a half free games you're giving me. I would go over if I was picking their over under and betting on it, I would take over seven, but nine and a half, I will absolutely. Yeah, take. seven, I like over nine and a half. That's upper, upper echelon. Yeah, mm-hmm. nine and a half is too high. I like, I think nine and eight would be a good season for them. So, and I, I think, think they could you. go nine and eight, ten. Getting a 10. Oof. 9, 8, 10, 7, they're in the playoffs. I mean, that's... Probably. So, who, who's better on paper, Breach, the Giants or the Bengals? Don't ask me that question. Oh, the Bengals. No, Breach. The Bengals' bad. offense is better, and the Giants' defense is better, but not much better. There you go. Uh, Giants' defense is a lot better than Bengals. The Giants won six games last year. Bengals won four. With their quarterback out for half the season. Ryan Finley won one of those games. The line is so terrible. Their head coach doesn't know how to design an offense that doesn't allow Joe Burrow, the former number one overall pick, not to get killed. And this Ryan is not Finley. about the Bengals, guys. This is not about the Bengals. That's actually the truest thing. Yeah, I think there's right, a question defense. coming up about the Bengals. In Breach's defense, you did bring up the Bengals, right? Yeah. Thank right, you. Moving, moving along. Absolute number one podcast from Hustle Russell 28, the Apple podcast. Thanks, Hustle Russell. Like the Pick Six podcast has been my number one go to podcast ever since the Chiefs 49ers Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Ah, yes, memories of that Super Bowl. I'm probably in the minority when I say that I'm disappointed that the intro music won't be there for long. I completely I forgot that everyone hates the intro. I've never heard the intro music because when I watch this on YouTube, Debo just goes right to the. It's basically like show. a knockoff fish song. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm glad I haven't didn't miss it. All right, go ahead. Okay, on to the mailbag question. Being a Cowboys fan, I dislike the fan base and organization, but I love the players, especially <laughs> Rain Dakota Prescott. Dak is my favorite player in the league, battling through his mom passing to cancer while he was in college, battling depression, his brother's suicide, the Cowboys street coach Marcus Paul passing, and his injury. He is open with his emotions and faith, and I respect that. Will Dak do any of the following? 
bring a Super Bowl to Dallas, make the Hall of Fame, earn the Alex Smith Comeback Player of the Year award, or win MVP. I don't know if he means this year, but I he- think Alex Smith is probably this year. The other things are probably uh, now going forward. Why can't yeah. they be this year? You well, know, can't I, be. I That's say, why well, I said this is my favorite uh-huh. Cowboys fan ever. He, I, feel like, I feel like there's a good chance he's not making the Hall of Fame this year. Dislikes the organization, <laughs> but he's a Cowboys fan. Yeah, that's um, true. That's sort of like you, Breach. I mean, you're not crazy about the ownership, I would imagine, in Cincinnati, but you have long ties to the to the team. So uh, I, is, I think Dak is the uh, far and away massive favorite for comeback player of the year. Right. At plus 180 over at William Hill, the next closest is uh, Joe Gimpy Legborough at six to one, Saquon Barkley at six to one, Christian McCaffrey seven to one, Nick Bosa eight to one. And then uh, this is funny, you know, all those guys suffered, you know, pretty gruesome injuries last year, right? Uh, the the other guy, don't crop, uh, him. don't you dare crop him out. Oh, I you, did, you did. <laughs> I saw it. Yeah, you saw it. Carson Wentz on the list, coming back not from injury but from sucking. But wait, if you look at this list, it says Dak Prescott leg, Joe Burrow leg, Carson Wentz in parentheses, hurt feelings. All right, so let's see if he can come back from his hurt feelings <laughs> with that comeback player of the award. Bruised libido. Wait, what? <laughs> your, your ego. Bruised ego. Okay, yeah, geez. I think you got your words mixed up there, Brinson. <laughs> Yowzers. Uh, yeah, obviously, I think, Alex, I don't know what the um, MVP odds are, but I'm going to guess. I would say 30 to 1 for Dak. But I feel like, you know, Alex uh, Smith coming clear to the award is... I think it's like 20 to 1. That's just me guessing. That's the Ryan He award. is 18 to 1. Oh, so yeah, dude, I love it. Um, Carson Wentz actually just announced that him and his wife are expecting a second child. So his libido is definitely not hurting. <laughs> what about his ego? How's his ego is good now, too. Maybe. I'm sure his libido is bruised. <laughs> well, I guess you don't say bruised that. libido, do you? <laughs> no, not, no one but you says that. <laughs> <sighs> You know what? I had the Cowboys winning the Super Bowl last year. I had the yeah. Dak Prescott winning MVP. So this feels like my burner account. Somebody hacking me because these are all my thoughts last year. Devo is about to make a bet on Carson Wentz. I'm not following for it again. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I'll say that. Um, Devo doesn't. He doesn't know he still has screen share on. So we're gonna see him bet ten thousand dollars on Carson Wentz win. Come back player of the year. <laughs> uh, it's. I. I'll say this. I have um, just through like you know, just through the job have had the, the opportunity to, you know, to sit down and chat with Dak Prescott for you know sh- like a couple short periods of time. Sound the humble brag bell. Go ahead. CBS sent me down to work to, to do a feature on his, uh, on his camp and uh, on his, on his QB camp in, in, in Texas. And then I interviewed him for the Super Bowl. Like he is a genuinely good person. Like he, like he, I, I think he has all like, like the way this guy describes it is a, is a, is a, is a really good job of expressing how like Dak is not, Dak is not, Dak is not trying to get, like he was through that whole contract thing. It's never that he just wanted to get paid. He was being greedy and he demanded the most money. That's his agent doing his, his agent's job and making sure that his client gets the best deal and that Dak becomes the highest paid quarterback. I, I honestly and truly believe that Dak would have taken what Jerry off Jerry Jones offered him because he just wanted to be the Cowboys quarterback and he wanted to get it, put it all behind him and he wants to go win an MVP, but he doesn't care about an MVP because he'd rather win a Super Bowl for the Cowboys. So I want to say, yes, Dak Prescott will win a Super Bowl for the Cowboys. Unfortunately, I still believe that Jerry Jones actually sold his soul to the devil uh, for the Super Bowl in 96. And he's talked about that. He said, he said, Jesus, I just, just, Jesus, baby, Jesus, please. I just, one thing, you give me this Super Bowl, I'll never ask you for anything else in the entire world ever again. I won't ask for another win ever again. And you know what? You do that, 
Jerry, that's signed sealed. So I don't, I'll say no on the Super Bowl, even though I want Dak to win it. I will say yes, he wins an MVP in his career. And I will say yes, that Dak Prescott eventually gets in the Hall of Fame. Wow. Yeah, but you're a big Hall of Fame truther, so you think everyone gets in. But yeah. I do think comeback player of the year feels like almost a slam dunk. I think MVP is the next likely scenario. Could be as soon as this year. You mentioned the issues with the Super Bowl. It's not just Dak. If this were like a, a tennis tournament and Dak was the only player, then, yeah, I would feel really good about his chances. Um, and the Hall of Fame, I, I mean, I don't know. There, there's not enough data points. I think it's going to have to start with how he looks this year, and hopefully he'll be as close to form as he was before he got injured. Yeah, I think two of these four at most are going to happen. And I think comeback player of the year and MVP seem the most likely. I, I do think in the next five years he can absolutely win an MVP. I just don't think Dallas has a good enough all-around team to win the Super Bowl this year, probably next year. It's going to be, you know, I just I don't know. Mike McCarthy's no, the he, guy that lead them to a Super Bowl. Right. Go out 10 years and you're always coming back to, okay, can they beat Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes? And the answer with Mike McCarthy is probably not. The answer is no. Yeah. I like I just I just think Jerry sold his soul. He's not gonna win one. Sorry. But that know, again, Dak and- Lucifer takes those deals seriously. Lucifer. But Dak can still have a fantastic career. And as um Hustle Russell pointed out, he's he's very likable and very easy to like for all the things he does off the field. Yeah. If uh I would sort of feel like Hustle Russell. If Dak if Dak won a Super Bowl, I'd be excited for Dak. Like, eh, not really that thrill for Jerry or Cowboys fans. Yeah, yeah. that's again, you got to stay off social media in order to, so you don't have this passive aggressive hatred for the team, even though you are happy for some of the players. I sort of felt that way before Twitter was born. I mean, and if they were going to win a Super Bowl, though, you know, Jerry Jones would love to win it this year. It's in Los Angeles. They do training camp out in Southern California. He pretty much paved the way for Stan Kroenke to be able to move the Rams from St. Louis to LA. Pretty much get, drove a steamroller through St. Louis and <laughs> paved the limit. But also threw the Chargers and the Raiders out the window to make sure Kroenke get what he wanted. So I think Jerry Jones would love to win one at SoFi Stadium. I, I would agree with that completely. All right, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll uh, let a podcast listener dunk on Breach. Oh, boy. Next question in the mailbag from, from D-Bags. <laughs> Triple G. Yeah, Triple G, DB. That makes this dunk hurt more. D-Bags. No days off except breach. Oh, up high, down hard. Best NFL Mm. podcast. Listen every day. Love the football chat, banter, and even Benson's humble frags. This little, this little, at this point, they're doing it on purpose, right? It's funny. Why don't you quickly, before you get to D-Bags' question, tell everyone the worst humble rag we've heard on this podcast that the breach shared with us prior to this. Oh, we don't need to share that now. Uh, We do, we do, we do. Uh, what were we? What were we talking we're, about? He, so, Breach is going to do a podcast with uh, Dejani, I believe, right, about the best kickers and punters. And I was asking about Rodriguez. No, I'm doing what? it with Brinson. With Benson, oh. yeah. With, with Benson. I'm doing oh, one with Dejani on best linebackers or something. Oh, okay. Sorry, I heard. I heard. Dejani oh my god, you really got my hopes up. I was like, I'm done after this one. And <laughs> I'm done. So I don't care who's doing it. But I was asking, I was asking Breach if he knew that Rodrigo Blankenship was really into Legos because my nine year olds in Legos, and that's his only connection to the football. Is that Rodrigo who wears the the goggles? Um, is a huge Lego nerd, and of course Breach knew that, and he went on to talk about how he he's interviewed Rodrigo and asked him specifically about that, and then he took a pause. And, and what was the humble brag that you decided to lay on us, Breach? I don't remember. Oh, by the way, uh, Rodrigo's, Rodrigo's, Rodrigo's sister follows me on sister. LinkedIn. <laughs> I think it's Rodrigo's sister follows him on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Well, you're like, Rodrigo's sister follows me on Instagram, which is the 
It was Twitter. Follows you on Twitter. How do you even know it's his sister? Because she sent me a message about kicking. She talked about Rodrigo. Humble brag about Rodrigo. Did you just do a You just asked, and I just told you why. That's how I knew. You just you just delivered a second humble brag about Rodrigo Blankenship's. Well, I am on the show every day with you, Brinton. The humble brags just start to kick in. This reminds me. Is your is the wife of your child, is your the mother of your child, your wife aware? That you're sliding up in Rodrigo's <laughs> sister's DMs. Oh, jeez. My God, Brinson. This is why you are only allowed to host this podcast once a week from now on. You're going on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. You're out. Um, anyway. Oh, yeah. He asked a question about the Bengals. Two or two questions. With a 17-game schedule, will Breach predict the Bengals to go 11 and 6 or 10 and 7? Well, I said that the Giants might go 9 and 8. Breach said they're better than the Giants. So clearly it's one of these two. I don't know which one, though, which is a Breach. 17 and 0. Come on, that's easy. Why would why would they lose? Who are they gonna lose to? Everyone. In all seriousness, what um do you anticipate that the well in all seriousness, if you guys did any research, you would know that I had to write a Bengals prediction article for the website, which I don't think you guys even know exists because you don't write anymore. In, in all seriousness, do you think that music. I would ever click on a Bengals season prediction? <laughs> that's that's in, fair. You would lie. Um, but I did write one, and my prediction in that story was nine and eight. Oh my god, are you serious right now? Oh my god, Wilson lost again. Yeah. Nothing makes me angrier than I predict place, last year. What place did you have them finishing in the division? Well, I didn't have to do all the division predictions, what so I'd have place to wait. What did you have them finishing in the division? I don't know. I'd have to go through all the games for each team individually and run some numbers and figure it out, so I don't know. Yeah, 100% third. Maybe yeah, I, mean, I could see third. second place. I don't think second place would be oh crazy. Oh my gosh, she's going to go higher. I will not predict them in first place. And for the record, wow, I predicted that, them How bold of you? How bold of you? I predicted them to go 7 and 9 last year even though you guys joked about me saying 10 wins all year. Uh and I think if Joe Burrow doesn't get hurt, they either hit that number again. Or get close Ryan Finley beat the Steelers. Joe Burrow did not. Do are you aware uh, you sound you're you know what you are? You're uh you're 9 and 8. No, you're beating on. You're beat being on. Bingle like bing like QAnon, but with for Bingles, like Bingles and Breach. You got this like you're like, you know, if Joe Burrow hadn't gotten hurt, they probably were winning seven games. No. That seems no. realistic. What? What are you talking Easy. about? How many did they win, Ryan? Four. And Four, eleven and Ryan Finley? One with Ryan Finley versus a Steelers team that had clearly given up because they knew the repercussions for me. <laughs> they they laid down so you'd get a tat. Wait, you think the Bengals were going to the, the Bengals went four eleven and one? Joe Burrow won two games. What makes you think? Uh, wait, so he got hurt in Week Eleven against Washington. Otherwise, they're going to the playoffs. You they understand? They were two seven and one. You're telling me in their final six, they were going to win five of their final six games? Well, they were going to beat Washington. So let's start there. Okay, no, they weren't. They, they, they were winning the game. And By then the Burrow way, got hurt, and then their offense couldn't move the ball at all. And Washington's you keep defense. Talking, you keep talking. Ryan Finley and uh, and somebody else won two games. Exactly, somebody else. That should tell you how important Joe Burrow is to this offense. Joe Blow they and Ryan Finley. The Giants, nineteen to seventeen. The week later, they win that game. They beat the Dolphins. They only scored seven points. There was three games they only scored a touchdown or less after Burrow got hurt. Those are games they could have won. Can you imagine spending five they lost months? Thirty-eight to three to the Ravens in Week Seventeen. What on earth makes you think they lost nineteen seventeen to the Giants without Joe Burrow? You don't think they could have won that game? They lost nineteen to seven to the Dolphins without Joe Burrow. You don't think they could have won they that lost game? Thirty to seven to the Cowboys. Yeah, but the Cowboys have a good defense. Oh wait, they're terrible. 
<laughs> this is this Vietnam is spinning out of control. It's wild. Can you imagine? They're going nine and eight, guys. Write it down. Can right. you imagine Clippin being angry? If they go exactly nine and eight, Brinson, how about you have to get nine and eight tattooed on your I'm not getting arm. a tattoo for anything. I don't do needles. I don't do tattoos. Anyway, <laughs> let's, get to, let's get to D-Bag's yeah. second question. Secondly, what do you think? <laughs> talk about two wildly disparate questions. What do we each predict the Bengals to do? And secondly, what do you think COVID has done to the prospect of a team in London? Is the NFL looking more at expanding the international series rather than a permanent move? Love your work. Keep it up. I would argue that Breach actually knows more about COVID than he does about the Bengals. So he might <laughs> he might be better equipped to answer this question. His, his takes on the London are far more accurate than his Bengals. <laughs> so what do you think, Breach? I think the Bengals are moving to London and going 17 and now. Now, I do think that COVID, I think the NFL kind of got uh, uh, that jolt of reality that says you know what good thing we didn't move a team here because this is like something we didn't even consider that there could be a worldwide pandemic that could shut things down uh because this would have made it awkward you know because you can't travel between countries when you have something like this going on so you can't travel between countries well Well, wait a second they they have the the euro the european championships are going on in soccer so this is going on right well right but if something happens again if something happens again and so I think that with this, they're going to push London way down the road. If they were even thinking about putting a team there, I think that's been pushed five or 10 years. Yeah. And now we've heard this off season about all the focus on expanding the international series. I think we'll see a game uh, so in Bridge, Germany. Well, let me ask you this a year and a half ago. How, what was the timeline on a team going, coming to London? Well, the international guy was running the NFL's international department. It was a guy named Mark Waller. He said he thought it could be done by 2025 okay. um, back in 2017, 2018. But now I think that I don't even think the end, right. 2030, 2035 now. It would have, I mean, if it happened at all. I mean, there were major logistical issues, obviously, with the 20, uh, 2020 season, right? Because of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. But I mean, th- Europe isn't as good as the US in terms of uh, having people vaccinated and still not still battling the virus and all that. And, and we see even watching these the soccer tournament over the summer, the, the players are still getting COVID. Some are having to quarantine and do all those things. But it's certainly much better than it was even four or five months ago. So I, I just I, I like I said, Breach knows this better than I do. So I didn't even know what the timeline was even before COVID hit. So 2025 best case. So that certainly makes sense that it'll be pushed off another two, three, four, five years. So yeah, expanding. Look for Germany next year. That's the big one. Well, I mean, the pro- you just can't. It. I, I think you're spot on breach. There is there was a worldwide pandemic that would still be preventing this team that is based in London. They would have to fight. I mean, look what look what happened with the Raptors in the NBA. They had to play from Orlando this year, or where they set up shop, Tampa or somewhere. They're somewhere in Florida. Uh, Debo probably knows. I'm sure he'll. he'll Disney say. World. Yeah. Anyway, um, but the. That's a, been a logistical nightmare for the Raptors, and they it is like they've they've looked like a team that was disinterested, based primarily because of how they had to set up shop away from their homes. And so I think the NFL, particularly, you're not talking Canada here; you're talking London. Like I mean, over like the, the logistics and doing all that travel are difficult anyway. It would not be feasible in a pandemic. You would have to move that team back over here. There's just so much that goes into play. So I, I agree with you. I think they I think they push it. Uh, way, way back. What um breach is the international series happening this year? Or is that not yet been? Yeah, it's schedule's already out. Ryan, which you follow the schedule? I think there's I, two. There's two games in London this year, okay, and then next year they're starting the rotation where every single team has to play an international game once every eight years. Uh, so there will be a rotation with at least four international games 
starting in 2022. And that's why we hear about Germany. You'll have multiple games in London, likely have a game in Mexico. Um, and that rotation will probably, my guess would be each division plays on the road or as hosts an international game each year. And so that will be one division a year for eight years. And that will be the rotation. Cause then if you don't have a rotation, you get a situation like you do with the Packers, the Packers still have not played an international game. Uh, so, so, you know, the other teams might say that's unfair. Like how come we have to go to London and the Packers have never had to go to London. Uh, so how does that happen? So to keep prevent things like that, you just have this rotation where you'll have one team or every team play there every eight years. No. Yep. Next question. Listener, By the way, Bre- Breach literally does know more about London than he does the Bengals. He just proved that. It's very I mean, sad. It, again, those questions could not. The juxtaposition of those questions and the juxtaposition of Breach's realistic answers is is just Breach's even, worst subject and his best subject. The Bengals are going to go twelve and five and win the Super Bowl. Oh, well, I think with the London, what has happened? In the, like, I can't wait to play this. The capital podcast. of California is Omaha. <laughs> Sacramento, I know that one. <laughs> Just two. I nailed the test. I had all of them except for Kentucky. Just sounds like two different human beings answering <laughs> questions. Just one one guy sounds like a knowledgeable NFL writer. The other guy sounds like a, a tinfoil hat wearing crackpot Bengals fan. <laughs> anyway, so, so complex. I uh, wore my Bengals jersey on the podcast. Packer Pete from Australia. Yeah, a lot of Australian fans. That's trying to remind everybody that we are, in fact, the seventh most popular. And a uh, sports podcast in Australia. Oh yeah, I wonder if Debo looked into that yet. That's going would... to Australia. Oh yeah, going to Australia—that'd be fun. Oh, if we I get hit... up to number one, I think we could convince the higher ups to send us. I saw right. Kyle Brandt of Good Morning Football and friend of the program. Actually, he's been on the friend of the show. Uh, he is in Australia for something, and I'm not sure entirely what, but he has been sending out pictures. And I, I've never been to Australia. Looks lovely. I want to go to Australia. Breach, have you been? No, I thought you'd been. I haven't either. Too not far away. Bre- Breach has not been legally. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, Packer Pete says, listeners, since the very beginning, we appreciate you. Real ones. No. Just wanted to smash in another five-star review. That, <laughs> that is the only NFL. Uh, sorry, somebody texted me something crazy. Sorry, Jesus, is this the is the only NFL podcast. Come on. That is more interesting the offseason than the season proper. Maybe it's because you all have to think harder to keep us all entertained. The Super Friends are a great combination. Uh, <laughs> the Super focus, Friends focus. This, sorry, this, this is something crazy. Great combination, although I do miss he who shall not be named. Question, given the huge turnaround of coaches in the system, who are, who are the coaches you all – think who were fired too soon and which were not fired soon enough pete from west you know who got fired too soon who got who didn't get fired oh you made a nice little list there of course my guys leading the charge oh you saw my list jim caldwell yeah yeah i i you know this is one of those where you want to do some research nine to seven back-to-back years baby <laughs> yeah so uh, well uh who's dan campbell uh well dan campbell no dan campbell's probably not winning nine games in his first two years Will he do better than Matt Patricia? Let's see how, um, let's yeah. see how, bad, let's see how bad Matt Patricia did. Let me. So they won five games last year. Do you think this team wins five games this year? Because they are truly, I'm guessing the odds, they're the worst team in football. Is that right? Super uh, Houston's probably worse. Yeah, it's close. All but right, so. Detroit is the second, considered the second worst team in football. So um, Patricia went six and 10, three, 12 and one, and five and 11. He was actually fired during the season, so. Darren uh, Bravel took over. So you think he does better than five wins next year? W said. 
Yes, because he has 17 tries. Eesh, five is a lot, though. And you don't have Matthew Stafford. That's true. Maybe two. What's the over-under on their win total, Brinson? So you can get back to doing your job and stop texting people. <laughs> I think it's like five or five and a half. Um, my buddy asked me whose number he's like whose number is this number and i was like i, I don't know I, just, I don't have that on my phone i was like at least you know it's not name redacted jokingly and then i asked somebody else whose number it was to go oh it's name redacted's number so and so got a new number it's it's, it's, it's a terrible way to explain it but yeah imagine uh, being on a work call and then brenton's distracted because he's, he's trying to figure out whose phone number he's supposed to be trying to tell his buddy it's, it's, i can't explain it on the podcast i'll get in trouble it's, the whole thing lions are at five thank you Debo. Yes. <laughs> so i feel like, like a squirrel i know that's right you're you're the dog from up uh five got so it, the at five what are you doing for the lions uh push i'm not betting them i'm staying away <laughs> i think fight over that is a tough that's a, that's when you're sweating out to week week 18 or whenever they, they end the season all right that's one of the names you listed who else you got on there i also included I thought Todd Bowles got a raw deal in New York. Well, he was succeeded by Adam Gase, right? That's that he was next, right? Adam Gase came out. Adam Gase also on this list because <laughs> he lasted too long twice. Well, that's my point. It's like Jim Caldwell is to Todd Bowles, or Jim Caldwell is to to Matt Patricia as Todd Bowles is to Adam Gase. I mean, you fire a guy who's doing a halfway decent job, and you bring in someone who just torpedoes the organization. I mean, I don't. I mean, he he was there what four years. So, uh, but here's I, the thing. I think part of the equation is okay. How did you do? And then how did the guy that followed you do? That's Adam fair. Gay? No, that means I don't think that is necessarily correlates because that just means the Jets made a dumb hire hiring Adam Gase. That doesn't mean Bowles did a better job because Gase was also bad. No, my point is that if you're gonna fire someone, you gotta have someone that's an improvement. Marvin Lewis and Zach Taylor, for example. <laughs> but Bowles got worse every season, you know? Okay. He went from he, 10 and 6 in 2015, 5 and 11, 5 and 11, 4 and 12. Who are the quarterbacks for those teams? Not anyone good. Fitzpatrick for two of them. Oh, right. That's right. Ryan Fitzpatrick. All right. I like that next name on your list, too, there, Brinson. I really Ray like Phillips. Yeah, that's a good one. He yeah, got a raw deal in Dallas. Son of old son of bum. He got. I'll tell you what he got a raw deal at. This is the one I was looking at. Are you aware of what his coaching record in for three years in Buffalo was from 1998, 99, and 2000? Do you know what his guess, either his record for three years or his winning percentage? It was 60, awesome. 61%. That is close. Uh, 60.4%. Oh, I was really close. He won 60% of his games for the Buffalo friggin' Bills and got fired after he went 8-8 eight and eight in 2000. I don't remember what he got fired for. I will tell you, the lasting memory of that stretch, and he was a good coach there, is that he benched Doug Flutie for Rob Johnson in the playoffs, and they lost that game. Rob Johnson probably shouldn't have started that game. But who took over in 2000? his final year. But you're right. That That's right. They lost to the – oh, Oh, I know. <laughs> Shoot. The 99 season with the oh, Rock, they, that's the the uh Mile High Mirror is it Mile High Mirror? Well, the, uh, no, many, the, the, the Tennessee. Tennessee. 
But what was the yeah? But what was the miracle? The, music, music City Miracle. Music City Miracle. Jeez. Mile High Miracle. Yeah. You had to be a Mile High Miracle <laughs> to call it Mile High. Minneapolis Miracle. Why would I say Mile? That's um, like Bill O'Brien esque, where you were one. You know, like he had the Chiefs on the ropes, and then a year and a half later was fired. Yeah. Here you had uh, Wade Phillips, literally three seconds away from advancing in the playoffs, and then a year and a half later he's fired. And it looked like I'm looking at a story from when he got fired, and it says. He was let go as coach of the Bills for refusing to dismiss his special teams coach. That is out. That is crazy. Well, again, so thought- firing a guy who won sixty percent of his games in three years for refusing to get rid of his special teams coach. Following a trend that we've sort of established here in these this conversation on this question, you know who followed him as the coach in Buffalo? Craig uh, Williams, Double G Greg Williams, who Double won G. three games, eight games, and six games. So again. You fire someone for a stupid reason. Uh, Todd Bowles, debatable because as Breach pointed out, they they weren't getting better. But then you hire someone who's infinitely worse and sets your franchise back for for quite some time. He had a one in seven season in Dallas before he got fired, and still his winning percentage with the Cowboys was six oh seven. And he that last season he was playing clearly or coaching clearly, knowing that his job was going to go to uh, Jason Garrett. It, there was a, I mean, this is, I don't know if the young people will remember this, but the blog kissing Susie Colbert, which probably wouldn't start in 2021 uh, and certainly couldn't write most of the stories that those guys wrote. But uh, Drew McGarry, who was, uh, what was his big daddy Drew or something? Was that his name? Yeah, was I think it? so. What was his old blog name? I think that's right. Okay. Um, he was, uh, he was, um, he would do these stories where it's like, it was it was just basically about Jason Garrett, you know, like 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 fan fixed stories about how the Cowboys operate. It was basically designed around the construct that Jason Garrett was like sneaking around the facility trying to undermine and steal Wade Phillips' job. And then it actually played out that way in real life. You know, Jason Garrett, you know, it was like Jason Garrett pokes his head around the corner, hey boss, and like you know, kissing up to Jerry Jones and like doing all this stuff to take Wade down. Um, you know, I think the takeaway from sort of these stories. And it happens more with players than with coaches is that, you know, a team gives up 15 draft picks for a player or under no circumstances will Jerry Jones let Jason Garrett walk. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Like usually those players or coaches aren't worth what it costs to keep them around. Your organization is probably better off using those assets to make your team better. That's just me. The uh, other one I threw on here, uh, Jimmy Johnson. Another Cowboys. Yeah, but he's, he's, he's the real winner though. Sure. But I mean, I mean that, that organization has done, done nothing since, right? Well, they won the Super Bowl after he did Barry Switzer win one or two. One, but my one. point is like yeah. the long term. They won the 96 Super Bowl with Jimmy Johnson's players and Barry Switzer coaching. Right. But that was and, it. That's a wrap. And that's the whole like that's I mean, honestly, you circle back to uh, uh Hustle Russell's, you know, ca- talking about the Cowboys and Dak. Like Jerry Jones just can't get out of his own way. He he could not deal with the idea that Jimmy Johnson was getting the credit for winning the Super Bowls. Right. The owner, bro, who cares? You don't need to build the team. Soak in the titles. You keep Jimmy Johnson around, he probably wins another couple of Super Bowls with the Cowboys. He had them, yeah. he had, they had three Hall of he had the greatest triplets of all time. <laughs> that's a one way to put it. That's funny. But yeah, I think you're right. I think the thing is that. I don't know if Jerry Jones would have meant to this, but it certainly seems like Jerry Jones's ego was more important than winning a couple more Super Bowls. Yeah, sure is. Uh, Marty Schottenheimer. RIP, Marty. 
Yeah. All right, Pete. Love Marty Schottenheimer. Marty Schottenheimer. For those got people. let go after a 14 and two season with the Chargers. Still the most unbelievable firing in the history of football, especially when you consider that Chargers front office. Yeah. Who is, is who they replace him with? Norv Turner. Oh, no. Norvell. All right. Yeah. That. That's 14 and two and lose your job. That's preposterous. And that's with, I think Phil Rivers may have been first or second year as a starter. And he never got another coaching job again. He was 63. He had gone with the Chargers. He went, we won 59% of his games, 47 and 33. And that was after he took him over in 2002. They went eight and eight, four and 12 in 2003, 12 and four, nine and seven, 14 and two. And he got fired because they could because they lost to Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. It's so stupid. Mm-hmm. It's and he so- gets he he kind of got this reputation for not being able to win the big game. But I mean, you look at like when he was in Cleveland, he went to two AFC championship games with the Cleveland Browns. That is a team that has only been to one NFC championship game, AFC championship uh, since Schottenheimer left in 88. So it's unbelievable. And, you know, you look at those games. Ernest Biner fumbles it against the Broncos. It is not Marty Schottenheimer's fault that his running back fumbled the ball at the one-yard line. And then I think in the 86 game was John Elway's The Drive, where if your defense can just make one play and stop a 92-yard drive, uh, you get to go to the Super Bowl. So, you know, it, it's uh, he's probably one of the most underappreciated coaches Agreed. in NFL history. Agreed. Uh, I was trying to think of, I couldn't really, the, the two the, the two I came up with, uh, Adam Gase twice. Yeah. Just don't need to give Adam Gase a job. <laughs> I thought about including John Fox, but I guess he wasn't. Uh, he won a Super Bowl. I mean. kind of got fired early. He got, didn't he get fired after going to the Super Bowl with the Broncos? <laughs> I, I think he's, he feels like he is more a, an old guard type of coach. And, and honestly, Mike McCarthy might deserve to be in that basket as well i almost put mike mccarthy on that list yeah not fired soon enough but um, he got the most out of you know i mean should they win more games in chicago and in denver probably carolina maybe but i think he he's he had a lot of success he went to two super bowls yeah so i mean you can say well he had good players and good coaching staff well there are plenty of teams with good players and good coaching staffs that still underachieve so i'll give him credit for that yeah um i was just i'm trying you know it's hard there's there's tons of turnover then the other one i put on there jason garrett lasted way too long in in Wait, where is Zach Taylor's name on this thing? Uh, I was going to put Dave Shaw's name on this list with the Bengals. He lasted five years, even though he had a winning percentage of 268. And if Zach Taylor is still the coach after this year, and again, doesn't win six or more games, then he also deserves to be on this list. No, 268, but the the joke on you, Breach, is that that's still number two all-time on winning percentage for Bengals coaches. Still better than Zach Taylor. That's the joke. What... um, was was Bill Walsh fired by the Bengals? I feel like he wasn't. I feel like he retired. Then George Seifert, I believe, took over, and then Mooch kept. No, him. no, the, he said by the Bengals. The, oh, the, the Bengals. Sorry, I thought Forty Nine ers. He wanted the head coaching job, and they gave it to Homer Simpson Johnson. <laughs> Homer Simpson would have been better. Sorry, Bill Walsh. We've got to hire Homer Johnson. And so <laughs> then he was like, "All right, well, if you're not," he thought. Bill Walsh thought he was going to get the job after Paul Brown stepped aside as Bengals head coach is basically what happened. And Brown stepped down after the 75 season. Bill Walsh didn't get the job. And after he had, you know, invented the West Coast offense in Cincinnati and said, peace out, and then ended up in San Francisco. Uh, Bill Walsh also claimed that Paul Brown, quote, worked against my candidacy, end quote, to be a head coach everywhere in the league, quote, all the way 
through, I had opportunities. I never knew about them. And then when I left him, he called whoever he thought was necessary to keep mm. me out of the NFL. Imagine if there was Twitter back then during that Super Bowl, the, the storylines coming out about how this is a revenge game. Brentson had been all over the revenge angle. Imagine two legends hating each other like that. What was the spread in that game? I wonder. Let me look. Which one? Uh, the first Super Bowl that they made. They that made was like it. one point because they were both really? not expected to be there. Yeah. Oh, then. But the spread was one because who wasn't expected to be? Oh, the neither the, of them. Right. They were both bad in eighty in nineteen eighty. You got to crush the 49ers in that one then because you, the the revenge factor. Uh, and then yeah. So any other coaches you guys want to add to the this list that I thankfully I researched? Um, Bill Belichick. He probably should be be fired by now. <laughs> He got fired. He could be a too soon. He got yeah. fired too soon by Cleveland. No, oh, 100%. By the way, for, for, how about, you, love, you love it when a 40-year-old man does 10 minutes of research for a job, <laughs> gives gives coworkers crap about it. Um, I was dogging myself there. Belichick took the Browns to the playoffs in 94 and then got fired after the 95 season. Once again, let's see. Even who- though Browns fans say, well, we didn't fire him because we're moving to Baltimore, so really the Ravens fired him. But the, the his funny contract thing is, was with the Browns. The funny thing about, is oh, that it worked out for the Ravens, but not the Browns. The Ravens still <laughs> won two Super Bowls, and the Browns are still the Browns. Uh, I thought about including uh, Tony Dungy from Tampa. Yeah, hundred percent. But, but then the they won with Tony's guys. Also, they won with Tony's guys, just like um. Yeah, I don't know that Gruden wins that. I don't know that Gruden. I guess they beat Gruden's team, so I guess he could have theoretically won a Super Bowl. But the I don't know that Gruden builds out that defense. You know, Tony Dungy was because Gruden brought in Monty Kiffin, right? Where's Monty? And Mike Mike Tom was on that staff. There are a lot of guys on the staff. Oh yeah, definitely. Dungy should not have been fired. They fired him because they wanted John Gruden. I mean, that was it. Like he should not have lost his job there. Yeah. Was uh, was Monty Kiffin with Dungy or was he? Did he come? Monty Kiffin, by the way, 1980, 1982, head coach of NC State. Fun fact. How about that? Yeah, but you didn't know that, did you? I did not. What about he was okay? He was there in '96. Kiffin was so they kept Kiffin because Gruden came in 2000 or 2001, right? They won in 2002. Yeah, so Gruden came in 2000. Yeah, so Monty Kiffin was already there. So they, I mean, they had that Tampa 2 in place with Monty Kiffin. Yeah, that sounds right. All of Tony Dungy's players and et cetera, et cetera. Did Lovey Smith get fired too soon with the Bears? I would say too late. He got fired after a 10 and 6 season in 2012. They, they had they they felt like that team was underachieving. Like they should have done more. Clearly, they haven't. He done went to more two now. NFC title games. Lovey's tenure in uh, with Illinois has soured me on any. His beard is amazing. Though. He shaved it, unfortunately. Oh dang it! Yeah, and he also recently said about his defense in Illinois. He's like, well, the problem is these college offenses put too many guys in the slot and our base, we just stayed in our base defense and it, it, we couldn't cover them. It's like, don't say that. I was, I was looking for coaches who either got fired after having a winning record or after a playoff appearance, like Brenton's list. And besides Lovey Smith, we also have Mike Malarkey with the Titans in 2017. They had not been to the playoffs for 10 years. Malarkey gets him there. Then he beats the chiefs in the game where Marcus Mariota throws a touchdown pass to himself. <laughs> yep. He gets to the divisional round. And gets canned after the game. <laughs> no, because the expectation was he was going to be fired after the season. Right. He made the playoffs, and then they fired him anyway. They didn't want to go back <laughs> on it. Yep. He won a playoff game. Like, he got I, fired for it. No, because then they got blasted by the Patriots the next week, and he was fired, right? Yep. He actually followed Double G, Greg Williams, in Buffalo, too. And the Chiefs. The Chiefs were eight-and-a-half-point favorites in that game. 
that the Titans won with malarkey. Uh, I'll tell you somebody who's fired too late. Freddie Kitchens. Yeah. <laughs> Made it That's through the entire season. Not his fault. I mean, it's Haslam's fault. Probably. Hugh Jackson? Hugh Jackson was fine before. He did crazy stuff, but he was fine before he got to Cleveland and just things went sideways. No, he no, he took over the Raiders when Al Davis died and traded but like, Bombs. But that he team was 8-8. Eight eight. But if you go 1-15 <laughs> and 0-16, and oh and you should lose your job, right? Yeah, no, that's right. You should not have returned for a third season. <laughs> right, correct. Can but you imagine point, going 1-31 and, and keeping your job? I know. Yeah, no, I can't. <laughs> I can't. It's the opposite of Caldwell. Anyone you don't get fired. Incredible. All right, let's do the last mailbag question here. Five-star casual J-Jaw slander. Oh! I don't even know who we're slandering. Are we slandering J-Jaw? Are we slandering Debo? Is it making fun we, of us? We did a few weeks ago, I think. Claude Von Stroke. Uh, JK, instead I'll ask about fish. Oh. Fish. See All right, see, see you guys next week. <laughs> see any shows this year, Brinson? Beers and whiskey on me if we ever catch up at a show. Same for Wilson Breach, but find it highly unlikely they're even listening this long. <laughs> yeah, you got it, Claude. Um, I I was trying to go to Alpharetta, uh, but that didn't work out. And um, I'm hoping that they will announce a Raleigh or Charlotte show, at which point I'll go to that. None of these shows are really within driving distance. The tickets are hard to get, and uh, I have already lined up couple nights at widespread panic in july down in wilmington so if you're there let me know a couple um, nights well they're there three nights i'm lined up for two we'll see if we get the third have uh, you ever uh yeah. reached your last concert britney spears uh you know i think it was to be honest oh, okay so you're not a heavy time concert goer so you wouldn't see hashtag you... free britney though yeah free she, britney. she spoke in court this week i heard i got to read the transcript so you you're not a person that would go like two nights in a row back to back to see a concert right never and and certainly not the same. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, that's, that's you know what? The, you know the deal with. Yeah, Hold on, but before you before you humble brag us to death, Debo, would you have you ever done back to back nights same, same group? I have not, but uh, I think there's a select few that I would for not. What? Widespread one of them. Okay. Uh, I believe uh, Jay Z is is probably the only person on that list. Oh yeah, Debo releases top favorite D, uh, Jay Z songs too on Twitter. If you guys are Jay Z. I don't know the names of any songs, so I just agree with your list. So, I mean, the, but the the deal with like Fish and Panic is that they don't play the same sets. Yeah, but all their songs are fifteen minutes, and it's just no, like what are we doing? It's you like just, the it's like the the funny bit from Debo's favorite show, Dave, where Little Dicky, like they're listening to Fish, and the guy's like, uh, "Oh, this band's great. When are they going to be done warming up?" Because no, no, they're they're playing. This is them. Okay, you wouldn't want to go see. <laughs> You wouldn't want to go see like Bruce Springsteen back to back nights. He would just play the same set. Exactly. Unless you unless you really like the set. Yeah. Or exactly. even or even I love Beck. I think Beck's awesome. But Beck is probably playing a pretty similar concert in back to back nights on the same tour. Most of these no, I, we understand the words that you were saying to us. Okay, but that's the difference. They they sort of okay. outfit a multiple night set list. How long's the concert? Continue. Two and a half hours? Ugh, five hours. No way. I'm out. Well, that's a lot of hours. Where's Claude live? He says he'll buy you some bourbon. Oh, he doesn't say. Uh, he doesn't say. Let us know where you live, Claude. Uh, we will. We will absolutely. <laughs> we will show up for the free. Bourbon. Really, these clowns aren't coming with us. We'll we'll be doing. We'll be in the parking lot uh, tailgating, <laughs> listening to Britney Spears. <laughs> By the way, you know what my son? You know, you know what Robbie told me. Uh, Robbie's decided. Yes, never gonna give you up. <laughs> he, he never gonna let in. you down. <laughs> he came in and said, 
I want to be a YouTuber. Oh, my nine-year-old said that at the end of kindergarten too. Is Robbie just finished kindergarten? Yes. And he has, um, he is, he, he, uh, he told my wife that in the car and she told me and we agreed to a, uh, I, I'm apparently his producer now. Well, I was going to say pass along to him the New York Times article that talks to all these TikTok people, I think, that all have mental health concerns because they're so stressed out about having to make all this content. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll hand my kindergartner the New York Times. There you um, go. <laughs> he'll, th- he'll thank you for it. <laughs> and, uh, and then he's like, and then he's like, I want to have a strategy meeting. Oh, okay. was he wearing a tie when he said that? He doesn't. And I hadn't told Diva this. I was, I was asking Diva, I was like, how do I, you know, what do I do here? He doesn't actually want to be a YouTuber. He wants to, he wants to make, he wants to be a producer. He wants to basically do high level video editing. And I told him I'm not in for that. So he wants Devo's job. He wants to tell you're training your kid to take Devo's job, man. That's crazy. No, he wants to do memes. He wants to like incorporate in a reaction. I don't know. It's something it's, Undertale is some game. I should set him up with my 11 year old nephew because that's basically what he does on YouTube. They could oh, really? be, it could be a tandem. Does he make any money? Uh, I don't know. His bank account, he, for all I know, the kid ha- probably has like seven million dollars in it from the YouTube money he's pocketing that he doesn't tell his parents about. He's he's, he's secretly Ouija Pie or something. <laughs> basically, Ouija Pie is a YouTuber who cusses yeah. a lot. Yeah. You, you don't know. You don't know who these famous people are. They could be eleven-year-olds in their basement. Uh, Ouija pie swears like at the wazoo. Robbie, we have a swearing problem at the house currently. Do you ever have to deal with that, Wilson? No, I'm the only one that curses in this house, and I curse a lot. Good for you. Yeah, you do. You've come curse. the podcast twice lately. Anyway, uh, that's it for the show. Mailbag Monday concluded. Thanks as always for listening, everybody. We will um, have rankings this week, as I am definitely not out of town on vacation. Can't wait to find out about the kickers and punters. Mm-hmm.